Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, it is another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. Did you actually read that, Wade, or do you have it memorized? Record, Ryan, record. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so on today's show, Wade was not included in our interview, but we did an interview with Ray Butler from Prospects 365. So we're talking with him about uh, the draft and the state of baseball during the pandemic. By the way, pandemic has been used more, the most used word, most infrequently used word that's being used a ton right now in the power rankings. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, when have you ever used pandemic before? I feel like maybe it's come up in a couple South Park episodes. Now it's like a daily word. I use it several times per day. I can't wait for the South Park episode on uh, this pandemic. When are they due to come out with new episodes? Are they between seasons right now? I think, but I mean, everything's for sure getting pushed back. Like, they can't all... I guess South Park, you could technically, like right via zoom you don't all have to be at the same place yeah level of difficulty on that's pretty high i don't know how they could do it even for those guys it seems tough you got that interview with ray butler and in the meantime we've got wade here so wade asked wade what he wanted to talk about wade what is your big take on the new divisional realignment that's the thing that we needed to talk about most today so the pandemic I mean, well, at is... first, they, they listen to my ideas, so they must be listening to the podcast. Why should we only do this in Arizona? Like, we should do this in Florida, too. And what do you think? Next week comes up. I don't think that's what happened at all. They're listening to Wade. Okay, Government's so... always listening, Ryan. So what was, your, uh, what was your big idea that they listened to? That why don't we just divide it Florida and Arizona? And they did that. I'm pretty sure that that was already included in the idea. No, the first idea was like, we're going to do all of this at Diamondback Stadium. Which is, we agree that wouldn't make any sense at all. Right. Like, you got to use the spring training facilities. Yeah. And did they mention if they're doing it just during the first couple of months, or is it going to go into the summer? I didn't read that far into it. Um, I don't think they know yet. But yeah, I mean, I think all of this is still up in the air. So they're just like, we got to get some games in. Like, let's. Try this out. So the they for some reason they broke the the league up into divisions. Still, I don't know why they're doing that. If they're putting all the Cactus League's team together and all the Grapefruit League teams together, why don't you just have one big league and you play a balanced schedule? This is I've been preaching balanced schedule for a very long time. I want that in the National League. Travel is not what it used to be, and it's much easier than it was when baseball started there was a reason they did divisions and it's because they had to take the train fucking everywhere but now um for some reason the potteries don't play the angels ever even though they're up the road about an hour and a half i think it's really dumb that we still do divisions and especially now we have a great opportunity to just throw all the cactus league guys into one league you play a balanced schedule against the other 14 teams and you take the top teams to the playoffs why are we still doing divisions I, I mean, it's some got to be like something about old traditions and like you can't just change it overnight like that. Are you, this is the exactly we're changing everything overnight. We're coming up with all new divisions. No one's playing in their home ballpark. 
they're all playing in one central city in Phoenix. Uh, it, it, tradition's out the window. Yeah, but I mean, you're still like eventually when it all comes back, having playoffs and like you win your division, you go to the playoffs. Then there's two wild card spots still. Like, so you can still technically have the real playoffs. It's just same teams. It's just a little different lining. It's dumb. You just take the take the six best teams or the five best teams, and then call it a day. It's it's the most fair since travel is not an issue. That's, anyway, I guess I'm alone on that for between you and me. But looking at the Padres' potential new Cactus League Northwest division, we've got the Brewers, the Padres, the Rangers, the Mariners, and the Royals. And according to Pakoda, which you know projects the the standings at the end of the season and is a very widely used tool among you know people gambling and and whatnot. I don't know if way do you gamble at all? Um uh, here and there. <laughs> so none of these teams are projected, even the Padres by Pagoda to not Pagoda, that's a like a Chinese honk, it's, it's, it's spire. Um Pecota. Uh none of these teams are projected to win even 80 games. I think that's the a Brewers aren't? No. Brewers are projected to go 79 and 83, and so are the Padres. So we're winning this division, boys. Well, the Brewers are pretty good. I'm not worried about the Rangers at all, or the Mariners, or the Royals. The Mariners and the Royals might be two of the worst teams in baseball, along with the Orioles this year. The Rangers, I- you know, could, could make a little noise, I guess. They're interesting. They signed um, a couple of pitchers that I think are going to help them, Lance Lynn especially. Um, and the Brewers obviously have, you know, a couple of the best position players in baseball, uh, Christian Yelich, and I think Keston Hira is going to be a guy that everybody knows by the end of the season if they don't already. They're interesting. I mean, if you're looking at it, they got placed in the easiest division by far. Like, not no other division comes anywhere close to theirs. I think it's got to be Padres Brewers. Assu- and th- and this is health. Like, assuming everybody stays healthy, like Tatis has to stay healthy, Paddock has to stay healthy. I imagine in the short season, we see Mackenzie Gore at some point. Yeah, I mean, why not? If the, if the, game, if the season's 100 if games it, long. If this happens, the minor league guys aren't playing. It's only the professional teams. And well, I think there was something about like expanding the rosters, too. Yeah, they did talk about expanding the rosters. And keep in mind, the minor league guys are still professionals. They all get paid. Okay. But I mean, yeah, looking at all the other divisions like Cactus League, Northeast is the Cubs, Giants, Diamondbacks, Rockies, A's, like Cubs and A's, both really good. Um, Diamondbacks could be solid. Rockies could be solid. Giants, no. Grapefruit League West, Astros, Mets, Nationals, Cardinals. That's Murderer's Row. That's a bloodbath. Jesus. Grapefruit League South, we've got the Twins, the Rays, the Red Sox, the Braves, and the Orioles. There's a, I mean... There's some there's some talent. The Twins, Rays, Red Sox could all be really in the Braves could all be maybe not the best teams, but all really good teams. Right. Cactus I mean, League West, Dodgers, Indians, Angels. Those those are all teams on the rise. Actually, everyone in the Cactus League West, Dodgers, Indians, Angels, Reds, White Sox are all projected to win at least 83 games. The White Sox are projected to win 83. Yeah. Tr- uh, Louis, or, um, yeah. Luis Roberts coming up. Eloy Jimenez in his second year, Yasmani Grandal, Michael Kopech. Like they're people like the White Sox a lot. I don't see it. So, I mean, looking at all these divisions, I'd say the Padres definitely love. I don't know who was in charge of doing this, but they were a Padres fan. 
Well, it's all based on where you are within Arizona. And it's like, obviously, we're going to be with the Mariners because we share facility. Then Brewers, Rangers, Royals are all closest to Peoria. I don't – we talked about that off air. It doesn't make any sense to me because the, the area where everybody plays is so small anyway. You're not, dri- you're not driving more than 30 minutes to the, the furthest ballpark. No, like some of those are like an hour away. I mean, and the whole point of this was to make it as, as limited travel as possible. That's why you're doing this. And so I don't think five or ten minutes matters. I, I just I want no. I don't think divisions make any sense, and we I'm not going to go into it again with you. But um, if they're just worried about tra- travel in, in Florida, matters a lot because those guys are hours apart. But everybody's close in Phoenix. I think this was a good opportunity. I'm glad they got creative with it, honestly, because I heard um, on the radio and some other people were talking about how like you'd ra- you want to see the Dodgers and the Giants a lot, and I get that because of the, those are our big rivals. But I think it's kind of fun to see some new teams and get some fresh blood in there. I think this is an exciting time where we can start experimenting with the schedule. I mean, the Vetter Cup actually matters this year if you go through with it. It does. And we get to play, I don't know, the Brewers a lot more than we usually do. And the Ranger. It's just teams we don't get to see. Like, we're going to see Yelich a lot more. That's fun. Instead of just playing the same teams over and over. This It gave us a good opportunity. I'm, I'm glad things are getting creative and MLB's trying some stuff. Love to three-peat for the Vetter Cup and win the Northwest Cactus League this year. If that happens, we definitely have to print the shirts. Oh, there's got to be shirts. Speaking Only of that, what, what what place did we come in in the Cactus League this year? Uh, they didn't get to finish it. I know, but what place were we in? We're going we're gonna to Google that right now. Because we might be printing shirts. The abbreviated uh, Cactus League champion shirts? Yeah. Ah, we were half game behind the A's again, the fucking A's. Two years in a row. And we were on a five-game losing streak. <laughs> uh, the pandemic started one day earlier. Goddamn pandemic killing us. <laughs> All right, Wade, you want to do an ad for... You haven't sent me any. Do an ad for Bet Online. While you were waiting this out at home with us, you can still have some fun. Betting at betonline.ag. With no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on, but Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. And sports aren't totally done. There's still. Yeah, there's nothing on this list anymore. That doesn't make any sense. There's still poker and blackjack. Of course. There's still plenty of casino games, Wade. And casino games. They're uh, $750,000 poker series. And the elections. You can bet on that. They're still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. That's MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The fun never ends. Are you going to be betting Trump or Biden? I'm going to have to go with Trump here. We, we all thought Hillary last time. I'm, I'm a little worried. I'm not going to get political on this podcast. It's not political. It's gambling. (laughs) All right. Let's just get to the interview with Ray Butler. I'm joined now by Ray Butler. He's the founder of Prospects 365. Ray, thank you so much for making some time today and uh, getting away from your quarantine schedule to be on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Now, I wanted to ask you because you don't get this opportunity very often to ask detailed questions. So, Prospects 365. Do you call it Prospects 365, Prospects 365? 
what do you call it? Yeah, prospects three sixty five. Three sixty five. Okay. Um, so where did that idea come from? The name. I'm specific. I'm interested in the name for some reason. I don't know why. Um, is it the idea? I mean, the 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 obvious one is you think about prospects every single day. You're the prospect community matters every day. Is it the reverse triple play? I'm going deep here. So like the the first base shortstop, third base triple play. Where did this come from, and how to get started? Back when. I had kind of gotten a little bit of a Twitter following, but it was before I changed the name of our Twitter account to prospects 365. I kind of reached out uh, to, I, you know, I thought it was a massive Twitter following. It was like a hundred people maybe. Uh, <laughs> and I kind of said, you know, I'm thinking about launching a blog, a site, but I'm kind of drawing a blank as far as a good name goes. And a couple or I think, you know, one of my followers uh, kind of throughout Prospects 365, a couple more followers kind of were like, yeah, we really like that. And then I polled my massive 100 Twitter following uh, people and I kind of said, you know, is Prospects 365 good or do we want something else? And a, a large percent of the people who voted even though it was a really small sample at the time, looking back, they wanted prospects 365. So I went with that name and uh, our tagline is everything baseball every day of the year, 365 days in a year. So that is kind of the name origin story. I like it. I love origin stories of any kind. Um, I saw on Twitter, you guys just beat the athletic in uh, popularity. So is that a, does that surprise you or is the, is the athletic trash? Oh, no, I love The Athletic. I'm an automatic <laughs> subscriber. Uh, you know, it, it was very, very surprising. And, you know, it's a it's a fantasy podcast kind of centered tournament. And we started the Prospects 365 Fantasy Baseball podcast in February. And to kind of already have that following to where we were a 10 seed in this tournament and we beat The Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast, which was a two seed. So it just kind of speaks to the following that the side has kind of accrued over time. And it also speaks to the fact that people are kind of liking the content we're putting out on our podcast. I was going to ask you about your podcast. So it's called prospects 365 fantasy baseball podcast. You, you probably started it at one of the worst times you can imagine for a podcast to start. And I know when the quarantine started, I know um, a lot locally, a lot of people here on Pottery's Twitter, which I don't know if you're familiar with Pottery's Twitter, they're an interesting bunch um, we're talking about starting their own podcasts and I didn't really realize it until a couple weeks ago, but podcast numbers are taking a huge hit during this quarantine. Yeah, they are. And that we, we have not been immune to that at all. I think that the, uh, podcast tournament that we are a pod, uh, a part of right now has kind of helped us out a little bit. I've not really noticed until here recently, we were still kind of having the same number of page views. I was really pleased, content and excited with, the traffic that our site was getting, but our podcast took nearly an immediate hit. We've uh, only published 10 episodes, but when baseball got shut down, there was kind of a pretty immediate dip. And now here lately, we're kind of publishing a little bit less content than we were at the start of the shutdown. So I'm noticing a, a kind of a dip in traffic as well. Not something that I'm worried about because I know it's going to bounce right back whenever baseball returns, but it is something to kind of keep an eye on right now for sure. Now you do a top 200 prospects list, which I like because the top 100 can kind of get stale, at least as a guy like me who checks out a lot of different top 100 rankings. I do 
fantasy baseball dynasty leagues and stuff. So I'm always looking for lists and I make my own Padres list of a top 30, but you do top 200 with prospects 365. How are you not doing a top 365 list? Seems like a huge <laughs> oversight. Well, if I were a list only and I didn't publish a write-up for each prospect, I would probably do more than 200. But when you're including a write-up that's about 200 words per prospect, uh, it gets pretty time, time enduring. And especially, uh, I send my prospect list to our VIP members through our site on New Year's Day. Uh, so that I took, you know, the month of kind of uh, December to compose and write most of our preseason content. And, uh, you know, I wish, I wish I had the time to do it all the way up to 365 because the variance, when you get that deep into a list, I know, uh, I was listening to this podcast when you had James Anderson on from Rotowire and he, he does the top 400, of course, his is list only, but you know, him and I have had the conversation before that, you know, the deeper you go on a prospect list, the more variance there is and the less margin for error. And, you know, there are razor thin margins that separate prospects. That's why in a deeper prospect list, there's so much kind of a disparity and difference in one list compared to the other. So, uh, you know, if maybe a top 365 as far as a prospect list goes is something that I will look into in the future, especially if I find myself with more free time. Well, this is a, this is the time for free time. It's the golden age of free time. And uh, maybe it could be like a special one-time quarantine edition 365. <laughs> I don't know. Just throwing it out there. I'm working on uh, I'm working on a first-year player list for this year. And then I think that I'm going to uh, kind of, I guess, release my first ever dynasty rankings. And if 365, you know, that's a kind of a shallow number for a dynasty rankings go. So if that were a larger number, maybe I should make it prospect 720 and make it that or 730. I like that. Um, so you, speaking of the draft, are you a guy that covers the draft pretty intensely? Or are you, are you watching college games, um, during the spring? What's your involvement with the draft like? Yeah, I coach high school baseball. So at the start of college season, I have very, very little free time, uh, cause the free time that I do have, I either want to spend it at home with my wife, especially because she's pregnant with our first kid or I'm scouting the Southern league. Uh, as high school baseball season winds down, of course, we really we don't have a season this year. Then I kind of really dive deep into uh, the draft class. I'm lucky enough that I graduated from Mississippi State. Uh, they have a really good baseball program year in and year out. I am close enough to Starkville and Mississippi. I'm close enough to Ole Miss and Vanderbilt. I live in West Tennessee. Uh, so most of the time I'm able to make it to about a series per season for all three of those schools. And I try and go when I can catch a different SEC opponent for them each time. So I have a pretty good grasp of those types of prospects. I kind of reach out and I get in touch with people who have seen a lot of the prep prospects, whether that's at showcases or uh, their home games, things like that. So by the time the draft rolls around, I have a pretty good database of information on prospects as far as you know the advanced analytics go, their track man numbers, things like that. And uh, I'm ready to kind of insert them into the next prospect list that I publish once they get drafted. So MLB and the Players Association are have, have talked about you know the possibility of a shortened draft this year. So as few as possibly five rounds. They're talking about deferred money for the next couple of years and, and maybe even a shorter draft uh, the following year. And with high school baseball 
canceled and um, college players losing a season of eligibility or maybe not eligibility. Um, they're talking about, you know, keeping guys around for an extra year, but that might not be an option for a lot of guys. So how is this affecting you in terms of, you know, getting out and making your rankings, um, evaluating players just for your own personal use? Um, what are scouts like you and other people doing to handle all these delays and um, possibly cancellations? Yeah, the good news is that a whole lot of, or most organizations had just about everything they they needed from a, a huge portion of the draft class. I think from everyone I've talked to that this is really going to push college kids up some as far as the way they're prioritized in the draft because there is more concrete information on them than on the high school class. Um you know, everyone I've reached out to, I'm wanting information on certain prospects, but all that, you know, kind of your college people and some of the org people I've talked to, all they really want to talk about is how much, you know, we just witnessed the NCAA is going to allow this senior class from this season to have one one more year of eligibility. And some of that is going to depend on uh, the program and things like that. Scholarship numbers next year are going to be drastically impacted. You're going to have a new freshman class coming in, but you're going to have the same senior class, at least a huge portion of that same senior class. Uh, and I've mentioned on another podcast here recently, you're going to see that a lot of freshmen who were kind of projected to be an everyday player at the college level next season, now it might not be until maybe 2022 before we really get our first concrete uh, statistical data from their college experience. So that's going to affect future uh, future draft classes and future evaluations. For now, I'm just trying to kind of close the gap on prep knowledge because that is kind of the black hole that we have to kind of connect the dots on now. You know, we, there was you can watch a highlight video of a Zach Veen and a uh, Austin Hendrick, things like that, you're really popular prep prospects. But I want to know people uh, kind of like the this year's version of a J.J. Goss or a Jimmy Lewis, people who are not necessarily elite high school prospects that we have less information on now thanks to a canceled high school baseball season. So among the first rounders who are projected to be first rounders, at least prep players, do you think this delay or, um, you know, potentially missing out the whole year, do you think there's a chance that more of them go to college or they take their chances and just, you know, go straight to the draft? I think a lot of your tweener type prospects will, um, you know, a, a high school kid that was kind of going to be on the teeter tot as far as organizations offering them enough money to sway them to sign with their organization compared to going to college. I think those, uh, I think those kids are more likely now to go to college just because I think organizations, you know, when they're faced with, do I choose this prep kid who we really like, but we don't have as much data on, or do I go with this college kid who has a lower ceiling, but we know so much more about the profile and things like that. I think you'll see organizations this summer in the draft side towards that college player. Are there any players at the top of the draft you think really benefiting from this? Or, or, and likewise, are there any that are being hurt a lot by it, at least in the maybe top 20 picks? Uh, Austin Hendrick is a prep player, is someone who kind of comes to mind, but not for the right reason. I think that uh, there are people who have seen him play and have scouted him in person extensively 
who have some real concerns about the hit tool. And I'm not sure that is going, what I'm talking about is going to manifest itself in the draft, just because I think organizations had probably already formed their opinion on his hit tool prior to the shutdown. But I think in the fantasy world, I do think that I've seen some really, really bullish and aggressive takes on Austin Hendrick. He's a guy for me that I've got some fairly legitimate concerns uh, with the hit tool, but now we don't get to see him for the, the months leading up to the draft. So if you were really bullish and aggressive on Hendrick, you're probably going to remain that way. And there's also the people who already kind of have that growing impression that, you know, there's all obviously massive bat speed and massive raw power there, but will he be able to get to it if he doesn't make enough contact? All right, taking a quick break to talk about Simply Safe. With home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. You can wait weeks for a technician to do messy install that costs a fortune, or you can get Simply Safe, the two-time winner of CNET's Editor's Choice Awards. Go to simplysafe.com/team today. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. Six, two months—that's that's almost the whole pandemic. We'll be done. Free trial during the pandemic. You've got nothing to lose here. Go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com/team. That's simplysafe.com/team. From Simply Safe and all of us here, wishing you guys safety and good health. All right, back to the interview with Ray Butler. If you're let's say the baseball czar for MLB, what would you do with this season? I know there's a lot of unknowns and lots of variables and we kind of have to wait and see, but at the same time you want to be prepared and think outside the box and try to schedule things out in advance, maybe multiple plans being juggled at once, depending on what happens. Um, They're talking about realignment of the divisions, playing all their games in uh, the spring training sites in Arizona and Florida with as early as a, a late May start time for baseball with a condensed schedule. What are your thoughts of all these ideas being floated around and what would you maybe do differently? Oh, it's a mess. Uh, I really, I'm a fan of the way that it seems like major league baseball is going to do absolutely everything they can for there to be a season. I do think that realigning the divisions and having everyone, all 30 teams kind of isolated in the same place, uh, playing a really condensed schedule in the same complex, you know, on the same fields every day. You know, I'm kind of, I kind of side with the masses. I don't really think that that is logical. Uh, I wish that it was, but it just doesn't really seem like something that the players are going to be able to get behind. I've seen a couple who say, you know, uh, sure, you know, anything to play, but then you have a massive amount of players who say, you know, I don't really want to be separated from my family during this time for four months uh, just to kind of make it more convenient for major league baseball. I do think I told someone this last night, I kind I'm for, you know, I'm a really pessimistic person, but I'm really optimistic about the chances that we play this year. I kind of, right now I said it at 65, 35 that we do. I think that you're going to see in, in my opinion, I think we're going to see games in major league stadiums. I don't think it is until, probably mid-July. I think the schedule is very condensed. I'm not sure that there are going to be fans at any of the regular season games, at least to start. But I do remain fairly optimistic that there is going to be some sort of MLB season this year. You published something on your website recently, and you kind of called yourself on it, um, called yourself out on it on a Twitter post saying you were kind of just 
throwing some names out to see uh, to help yourself with the rankings. So you you said every prospect who has the top prospect overall potential list, and I love lists like this. Um, let's say you don't get Wander Franco, Julio Rodriguez, Jerry Kalenic, or Christian Robinson. Who would you say are your your next top three picks uh, for a new dynasty league starting up this year? Okay, so wait, who who do I not get to choose from? You don't get Wander Franco. You don't get Julio Rodriguez, Jared Kalenic, or Christian Robinson. Hey, and uh, this is a startup in a dynasty league? Yep. Then you're only uh, picking prospects. Uh, Joe Adele, uh, Luis Robert. Uh, you know, in this, did, was Jason Dominguez in that group? No, you can have him. Uh, Dominguez, like a Marco Luciano, that type of okay. prospect. I, you know, even a Royce Lewis, too. Okay. Who, out of that group, you like Joe Adele won there? Yeah, if I if I can't have Wander Franco, I, I have Joe Adele ranked second overall. What do you like about Joe Adele maybe more than Luis Robert or um, Julio Rodriguez? They're all pretty close for me. Yeah, I've got Adele two, Rodriguez three, and I think I've got Robert fifth. Uh, I was lucky enough to get to scout Robert uh, three times in person last year. I've got some concerns that he just, he has an affinity to swing at just about everything. And his hand-eye coordination is so elite that uh, he may not have a massive strikeout rate, even at the big league level, but he is going to hit a lot of pitchers pitches. He's going to be way early on on sliders outside and he's going to roll over and ground out to shortstop. He's going to hit a slow roller to third, things like that. Obviously the raw tools are massive. I got to see it firsthand in a couple of batting practices last year. He's a plus defender in center field. Of course, he's a plus runner uh, and a really good base runner as well. So he is going to hit for power. He is going to be a factor on the base pass, just thinking from a fantasy standpoint. But I wonder if he's ever able going if he's ever going to be able to fully get to those massive tools if he doesn't cut down on his aggression and seeing him a couple of times in the Southern league last season, seeing him at the futures game in Cleveland, I'm just really skeptical uh, of how long it's going to take him to be willing to lay off that slider outside, to be able to not hunt a first pitch fastball. If it's out of the zone, things like that. Um, You know, Joe Adele is going to be a fairly slow burn as well at the big league level when he gets promoted. I just don't think, that it is going to be quite as slow of a burn as it is going to be with Robert. Uh, and he also has, Adele has more raw power for me than Luis Robert does. On that list of players with number one potential, you also mentioned my guy, CJ Abrams. What do you see him turning into? And do you think he, does it matter even if he's a second baseman, a center fielder, or a shortstop for you? Uh, not for me. I kind of, personally, I kind of see him sticking in center field. Uh, the comp that I always throw out there or that I have been throwing out with Abrams, I put it on uh, my 2020 prospect list. And I also tweeted this here recently. When Trey Turner got called up to the Nationals in 2016, he started in center field. There was kind of a, a positional bind on that team. So they just kind of threw him in center field and let him go. He exploded offensively. He went buku, home runs. He stole bases. He was adequate in center field defensively. I've kind of said that I think that that can be Abrams' career. I think Turner's uh, weighted runs created plus that season was 146. Of course, we can't expect that year in and year out from Abrams. But I think having that kind of impact, fantasy impact, I believe that he's going to develop the game power. 
He's already developed the raw power. Of course, his speed is elite. I don't think he's going to dethrone Fernando Tatis Jr. out of shortstop in San Diego, but I do think he fits long-term in center field. I think he will be average or better defensively. I'm really high. He's going to be a really, really, really good player. Are you thinking well, more power than like a Juan Pierre? Are you thinking like a Kenny Lofton or someone similar to that maybe? Oh, no, I think... I mean, I think he can. I think we'll see him hit 20 home run seasons at the big league level. I'm bullish. I think, uh, you know, he projects well physically. I think he's going to add weight, and it's going to be the kind of weight that even if he finalizes as a 70 runner instead of an 80 runner, it's not really going to have too much of an impact for him on the bases. I think he's always going to be a factor there. And, you know, it, it, a lot of it depends on the offensive environment at the big league level when he debuts. If it's still offensive friendly, I definitely think that this is a bat that's going to be capable of kind of your at peak 20 home runs for sure. Love hearing that. Nice. Uh, you love Hudson Head too, don't you? Can you wax poetic on him for a minute? Yeah. Hudson Head was someone who I really considered putting on that list of potential number one overall prospects. I just kind of. You know, if you're not if you're not super elite in one category, and I don't think Hudson Head is ever going to be that prospect that is a 70 or an 80 in any one category, I do think that there is a non-zero chance that he ends up with a plus hit tool, uh, plus raw power, and plus speed. Even that, I'm not sure he's going to be the number one overall prospect in baseball, but I do think he can ascend maybe into the top 10. He has a long way to go to get there. Uh, some people who watched him in the Arizona League were fairly impressed, but they were kind of skeptical on just how high the ceiling is. He's a really good player. The Padres wouldn't have signed him for so much overslot if he wasn't. Uh, just someone to definitely watch. I kind of ranked him uh, fairly conservatively, as I do for most uh, prep hitters in their first professional season. Depending on what kind of minor league season we see this year, he's someone who could really rise up a long way. I think the exact same thing about a Reggie Preciado. Nice. Uh, Preciado has been a name that is popping up more and more among, you know, just casual prospect evaluators even. And he seems to be moving up. You talk about draft helium guys. Preciado in the prospect community is a helium prospect. Yeah, he is. Uh, one of my favorite and one of my main uh, contacts who scouts the Arizona League, and they they were also around for instructs. You know, Maximo Acosta for the Rangers has just about as much hype as any prospect in baseball right now. And that contact was adamant that he would put Preciado over Acosta from a future projection standpoint, just because of the body. Uh, I you know I'm not completely sold on the bat speed, but he he's very he's all legs is you know what I've been told several times just kind of by looking at him. Uh, smooth defender at shortstop. If he has to move away from shortstop, it's going to be to third, and he's only going to have to move if he's kind of filled out physically to where perhaps he gets to that plus raw power that a lot of people see when they look at the frame. So that you know that's not the worst thing. You either maybe he's an average or above average power from shortstop with very little speed output. Or, you know, perhaps he potentially moves to third base defensively, but it's because he's kind of grown into that plus or better raw power. Another dynasty hypothetical for you. So you're starting a new dynasty league. You get the top five prospects as a group from any organization you want. So 
you get you get the first pick so to pick a group of prospects um which top five from which organization are you taking Ooh, well it's probably it's either the padres or the rays i'm i had mckenzie gore third on my list i'm I remain one of the only people in the industry who are super high on Taylor Trammell. I have him as a top 25 guy, if memory serves me correct. Uh, so I'm higher on those two guys than most places. Of course, I've got Wander Franco one. Uh, but I would probably, if I'm only taking the top five, I think I would like kind of the star power of the Padres, if memory serves me correctly. I'd have to look at that a little bit more. Star. Okay, so the Padres have more star power for you. because Franco at one. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of a drop off there and you have Trammell higher than most. I, I have to say that Trammell wouldn't be that high for me if I did a top 100. I, I don't know. Trammell, I'm a, I'm a Padres guy obviously, but Trammell just worries me a little bit because stringing two bad years together in a row. I know he came on strong at the end of last year and maybe the Padres can unlearn some of the things that he did for him, uh, for the, the Reds did to him in his swing, but um, I don't know. He just, he worries me a little bit. The guy, the athlete that kind of split his time in high school and has shown a lot of good tools, but hasn't really put it together yet. Yeah, I definitely agree that he, we have not seen him at his best yet. Uh, but I mean, you, and I'm not criticizing you whatsoever, but you're saying two bad years in 2018, in the Florida state league, he had a weighted runs created plus of right at one thirty. Uh, of course, even for me, he didn't have the power output that I hoped he would, I think the FSL kind of suppressed that a little bit to a point, but having scouted him a ton in person last year before he was traded with the Reds, the swing was not pretty to look at whatsoever. His upper body really didn't agree with his lower body. Uh, Half of him was trying to elevate the ball. The other was trying to hit line drives into the gaps. And the stats kind of showed that he was barely above average before he got traded. Uh, The Padres really immediately started tinkering with him mechanically. It didn't fully pop until the Texas League playoffs. He was phenomenal throughout those playoffs, and I'm hopeful that he kind of carries that over into this season whenever it starts. Uh, I would expect him to probably debut in the Pacific Coast League if we have a minor league season. Uh, And next spring, he'll kind of be knocking on the door of the Padres trying to figure out how they're going to fit him into their everyday lineup. Well, I definitely like you talking, talking me back into him a bit. You're, you're definitely free to tell me I'm wrong about anybody and convince me to be more in on a guy. So well, I'll allow that. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm a sucker for people who have elite batting eyes. He is going to be someone who, even if he doesn't hit for the average that his speed says that he should, he's going to have a double-digit walk rate. So he's going to be super valuable in on-base percentage leagues. He still has that 70 grade uh, speed. He's going to be a factor on the base pass. Now it's all about can he be the 270 hitter who gets to 20 home runs? Because if he gets to 20 home runs, it's going to be something like 270, 20, 20. And that's a super valuable prospect, even if he ends up in left field defensively. Taking another quick break here to talk about LinkedIn. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. And the only place to find the perfect hire is on LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. LinkedIn also looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds on LinkedIn. 
and why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 free. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. All right, back to Ray Butler. Any of this love coming from the fact that he's a Georgia kid? Uh, you know, I I <laughs> named him prior to 2018. I named him uh, my breakout prospect. I wrote an entire article. I thought he so was yes, really, <laughs> yeah, he was real. I thought he was really going to pop uh, in the FSL in 2018. He didn't. The power output wasn't enough for him to be that breakout prospect that I kind of anticipated, but. You know, having had, you know, Division One football scholarships and being a two-way player, uh, you know, I remember I'm, I'm a pretty big football nut, or at least I used to be. I remember kind of his football recruiting story, and then he ended up inking with the Reds. So it's just a story I followed for a long, long time. I openly admit that I am biased towards Trailer, Taylor Trammell. He's just someone who I fully believe in, and if I have to die on the hill, then I'll die on it. That's fair. Uh, I have lots of hills that I die on frequently. Uh, I was on the Luis Arias hill, called it Luis Arias Island, and I, I died out there a while ago. But so I yeah, understand. But Tr- Trent Grisham is going to be a beast, so I think y'all are going to win that trade. Okay, I hope you're right. Um, he's got a lot to prove to me, though. I, I feel like a lot of people were just all in on him kind of without any reason behind it, other than they just trust A.J. Preller and whatever he does. But Grisham's got to earn my love. Uh, I haven't seen I, that. I understand. You're so you're a big Braves fan, obviously. No, um, I'm a I'm a Cardinals fan. Are you? I thought you were. I thought I read on your Twitter you're a Braves guy. No, I'm a Cardinals guy. My wife is a gigantic Braves fan, but I'm a Cardinals guy. Sad. Well, then that means you're a Braves fan too. Yes, no doubt. We watch more <laughs> Braves baseball than Cardinals baseball in our house for sure. All right. Um, I'm offering you Tatis Jr. for Acuna Jr. Straight up. What do you do to me? I want Acuna Jr. all day, every day. Um, I'll add Ryan Weathers. I want Acuna all day, every day. Ryan Weathers is a four or a five at the big league level. All right. Instead of Weathers, I'll give you Taylor Trammell. Mm. Uh, I'll take the pair. I think I've got a cornerstone shortstop who's going to be adequate defensively. Even if he regresses offensively, I still think he's going to be an above average hitter at one of the most premium defensive positions in baseball. Uh, and then I, I truly think Tramiel is going to be an everyday left fielder at the big league level. Of course, that means that the real life floor is going to be low. Uh, but like I said, I think he can be a, at minimum, I think he's going to be a 260, 15 home run, 20 stolen base guy. And even in left field, that's going to be valuable for a big league team. So what just be, what'd you say you were going to take? You're going to take my offer? I'll take your offer if it's Fernando Tatis Jr. and uh, Tramiel for Acuna. That's definitely a hefty price tag. I don't think I would do that. I just wanted to see what the, <laughs> the price was going to be for you. We love Tatis here. He's already a fan. He's going to be the one of the most popular Potteries of all time if he stays yeah. healthy. Yeah, it's crazy that, you know, I was, I've always been extremely critical of the Eric Hosmer deal. It never made sense to me. Ugh, uh, preaching to the choir. Th- then you, you pay Machado, Manny Machado, a whole lot of money kind of thinking that, you know, it's Machado who's going to become the face of your franchise. And I do think that Machado is going to positively regress on this season. But 
you know, if you would have told me, even if Tatis broke camp with the Padres last season, that he would take off and kind of just take on this mystique and this persona that he did, it it was amazing to witness as someone who, uh, you know, kind of cut their teeth as Tatis was kind of climbing through the ranks after he was traded to San Diego. It was awesome to watch him and him and Paddock were one of my favorite stories of the big league season last year. The same thing kind of happened with Acuna and Soto. All the top prospects arrived sooner than we thought they would. Soto, because of injury and need. Acuna, I don't know how Acuna got... It seemed like one minute he was a good prospect, and then he was number one at the end of the year. And then the next thing I knew, he was in the majors. Like It was a whirlwind for me. Is that just like the new norm with these young top prospects? Uh, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr. was my first ever prospect love. He He kind of... He was the prospect who kind of earned me my original Twitter following. I would tweet out his nightly stats starting in 2017 when he debuted in High A, Kissimmee. I tweeted out his nightly box score. Then he got promoted to Double A, the Mississippi Braves in the Southern League. I kept tweeting out his daily stat lines. I got to watch him in person uh, because I live close to the Jackson Generals who are in the Southern League. Then he ended the year in Triple A Gwinnett. And this was all after I had said on my very first ever prospect list that he was the hidden gem and the biggest secret in the minor leagues. So him kind of popping the way that he did, it kind of earned me my first legitimate Twitter following uh, and kind of the rest is history. But, you know, to really answer your question, I think a lot of it is going to be about the type of prospect it is, especially offensively. The Nationals felt more confident than a lot of people in the public did about Juan Soto because he has that elite plate discipline. You're not going to have to worry about him swinging at anything and everything at the big league level. Ronald Acuna Jr. was a little bit more aggressive, but he just has such raw skills and 80-grade hand-eye coordination that it doesn't even matter the fact that he's probably a little bit more aggressive uh, than he could be. And now he's beginning to take walks. And I do think... Like I said, I do think Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to come back to earth a little bit. He's still going to be an above-average hitter and offensive player. Um, But, you know, I think we would have seen that last year had he not gotten hurt. Now I think we're going to see that this summer a little bit. But, of course, the sky is still the limit. He's a perennial all-star. And in my opinion, he's going to end up making a really good case as a Hall of Fame player before it's all said and done. In my dynasty league that I've been playing in for you know, the better part of a decade now, um, we do, it's 12 teams. You do 50 minor leaguers per team. And I had a chance to get Juan Soto and I had a chance to get Fernando Tatis Jr. before they exploded, but didn't want to overpay for them. And I've been kicking myself ever since. Is there a, someone right now that is going to be one of these type of prospects where I, you know, Ryan go overpay for this guy right now. It's worth it in the long term. Oh, uh, you know, it all, it all depends on the type of trade that you've been given. The first player that comes to my mind is Noel de Marte for the Mariners. I think that he is a very, very small stateside sample away from being a top 20 guy consensus around across the board in the prospect world, maybe even a top 10, but right now you can get him at the price of a top 40, top 50 style prospect. So he's definitely someone I'm trying to dig in on, dig in on and, uh, kind of attempting to take advantage of perhaps the last few months that he's not an elite prospect across the board. I will get on that right away. I know the, my league mates have nothing else going on right now, so maybe I'll float some trades out and see what happens. Boom. We will get you out of here on this. 
I need a TV show or rec- movie recommendation from you. What have you been watching uh, during your time at home? Uh, my wife and I, my wife is a gigantic Marvel fan. So we have been going through those movies in chronological order. I know that's not like a hidden gem. That's not a recommendation because everyone knows about the Marvel movies, but from a movie standpoint, that's what we've been watching. I have, uh, of course we watched tiger King. I wasn't in love with it. Like everyone else was. I think it was just kind of a bunch of noise. I was overrated Uh, too. Yeah. Uh, I have watched all of season one of Ozark. I'm currently in season two. Uh, and I absolutely love that show. So if you haven't watched that show yet, definitely put it in your queue and make that your next plan for your streaming binges that we are all kind of going through right now. Sounds good to me. I will. I, I have not watched Ozark. I know a lot of people that have, and I was kind of just, you know, worn out on drug shows for a while. It seemed like that's all there was. Um, and now that maybe I've given Ozark a couple years to simmer, maybe I'll jump back into Ozark now. Yeah. The the comparison that I've been telling my friends is kind of. It's like a the redneck version of Breaking Bad, but in a good way. So I definitely enjoy it. It's been what I've watched in between articles, in between podcasts. That's what I'm watching for sure. And playing MLB The Show. Man, I need to get on MLB The Show. I've never had a PlayStation, so I've never played the show. And I've, All I've been hearing is MLB The Show this, MLB The Show that. Yeah, I think it's kind of grown a little bit right now because everyone's home, so everyone's playing. So it's kind of more popular now than ever for sure. Yeah, it's getting Fernando Tatis Jr. a lot of popularity on Twitter right yes. now. Everyone's everyone's finally discovered his personality. Yes, baseball needs more. Baseball needs like 10 Fernando Tatis Juniors. That's the type of person, personality that's going to grow the game, especially with young people. We need as much of that as we can possibly get. Absolutely agree. All right, Ray, thank you so much uh, for the time. I know it kept you a little longer than we talked about. Follow him at Coach Ray Butler and check out Prospects 365 Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Read all the content at Prospects365.com. Are you writing anything this week? Uh, I am working on Prospects to Watch in the Southern League. Uh, That'll be out later this week. Then, of course, like I said, I'm going to dive into my first-year player list and then hopefully Dynasty rankings if we don't have baseball back before then. Sounds good. All right, Ray, thanks again. Um, Stay safe out there. And hopefully when there's some real baseball and some actual fantasy stuff to talk about, we can get you on again. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks again to Ray Butler. Please follow him on Twitter. Check out all of his content on prospects365.com. Wade, you know about True Classic Tees. Style is changing. Formal wear is out. The t-shirt is in. True Classic Tees are my favorite. They're a t-shirt company based in LA, and they are on the rise. They're soft. They hold up in the wash. They're incredibly versatile. You wear them out, wear them to work, around the house, the podcast studio. Wade, you went on a walk today. You can wear it on those. Best part, they are incredibly cheap, only $15. You can get them for even less. Go to trueclassictees.com. Use the code at checkout, believe, for 20% off. That's believe, B-L-E-A-V, at trueclassictees.com. All right, Wade, before we get out of here, Wade's Film Room. Are you watching anything new, interesting? I watched your uh, movie that you recommended last week, The Platform. Yeah, what was your overall uh, thought on that? I can't tell if you liked it or not. Pretty fucked up movie. Yeah, right? The, uh, I mean, the dub over, and then I also always have the... Uh, captions at the bottom i'm a big read read tv guy yeah so why'd you have the dub on 
This is how it came. I didn't know you could like switch you can, it. You, I don't even have Netflix. I just signed up for the free trial and I figured out how to do it. How come you can't? I don't know. But the the dub the dub over and the uh, reading at the bottom not matching up really messed with me. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Great start. So that's yeah, that really helps me enjoy it. But um, obviously. O- other than that, you you liked it? Obviously. Okay. But uh don't say his word. Obvio. They call it, he says obvio in the movie because he's speaking Spanish. Oh, gotcha. I had just had some dub over guys saying obviously the whole time. The voice they got for that guy was actually pretty good. The the English guy. Yeah. I thought it was. It, and then, it, I mean, the ending, the ending, I don't know. I would have gone a different way. But, and uh, they were really tough. I don't know how you do I'm, a I'm movie a like that. But, you know. Yeah. Anyway, this guy's, he, he volunteers to go to this weird prison. And it's all about his survival and um, interacting with smoke. his... <laughs> he wants to read and quit smoking. Yeah, Don Quixote and stop smoking. So Spanish of him. <laughs> um, I've got a movie for you. Uh, I watched this actually last year, but I, I rewatched it again recently. And it's not on Netflix, but it's called Upgrade. Have you heard of it? No. Upgrade is about this guy that gets in this serious accident and he loses the ability to walk, to feed himself, the whole thing. He's paralyzed. So he gets this computer chip, this sophisticated AI, experimental AI computer chip implanted into his brain to help him walk and it works. And then stuff starts to go really weird and you realize the AI, AI is so smart. It's like has his own kind of agenda that he didn't realize was going to be in here and he, he can talk with it in his head. So it's like another person that exists in his head and it's, it can control his actions at points. It's, it gets really fucking crazy. It's another sci-fi um, kind of action thriller movie that if you I think really interesting kind of with twists mixed in throughout. And at the end, um, recommend that if you can find it somewhere. All right. Another one I watched on Netflix was uh, Molly's game. Have you seen that one? No, I mean, I'm uh, Netflix, Net- Netflix virgin, I guess still. So it I mean, just came been... out on okay. it just came out on Netflix, but uh, I mean it was a movie in theaters last year about a professional skier that kind of lost her skiing career and then started some big celebrity poker games in L.A. and New York. Well, I didn't expect that. That's, that was a lot of different things coming at me at once. Okay, um, I'll check it out. It's based on a true story. Okay. It's Jeremy Bloom. If you remember him, like Eagles wide receiver played at Boulder. It's his sister based on a true story. I do not recall that name, but I will check that out. Amazing punt returner at Boulder. I remember that. Punt returner. Okay. Um, if that's it, thank you guys for listening. Please follow the show's Twitter account at Friar Farmhands. And if you enjoy the show, subscribe. We're on all your favorite platforms, whatever you're listening to on this, obviously. And there, everywhere else, you download podcasts. We're, we're everywhere. Obvio. Obvio. Yeah. Take us on, Wade. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to Believe in Padres Prospects on the Believe Podcast Network. What? San Diego's number one sports podcast network. I'm Ryan. That was Wade missing his line. We'll talk to you guys again next week. We're bringing in a special guest, Tommy Morris, to do another podcast. So see you guys then. Peace out. Toward your destination.
She's getting wrapped. I'm doing less activity and drinking much more since this tournament started. I do kind of want to drink tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.